0: You are listening
1: to The Lab Lowdown. Hello and welcome to The Lab Lowdown podcast. Uh, I'm Fergus, here with Alex, Haley, and Ashley. We've got a full house today, and in honor of the American Chronic Pain Association's Pain Awareness Month, which is September, we're going to talk about pain today. And indeed, for the rest of the month, we're going to talk about chronic pain, diabetic pain, neuropathic pain, all types of pain, uh, how pain impacts people, how it impacts the economy, different ways providers are treating pain, all about pain. So without further ado, we're going to talk about chronic pain today. So chronic pain is defined as pain that lasts longer than 12 months or beyond the expected period of healing. So around 11% of Americans or 25 million people suffer from chronic pain and chronic pain can be caused by a wide range of conditions. These can present anywhere in the body and accordingly can make it very difficult to treat. Some comorbidities associated with pain include diabetes, heart disease, anxiety, depression, and sleep disturbance, although really any part of your life can be disturbed by chronic pain. Chronic pain costs about $635 billion every year to the US economy, which is...
0: A big lot. That's a lot? Yeah.
1: It's crazy. So does anyone want to kick us off by guessing what the color of pain month is? Red. Red no Her purple no yeah. no no. blue you're ah. set it's blue that's right alex, mm. is, alex was right i thought it'd be red because red's yeah. kind of painful to look at that's
0: <laughs> <like. laughs> my favorite color
1: <laughs> well you know it yeah I,
0: yeah I would have guessed the same
1: so the uh, the official color of pain month is blue so if you want to show your support for chronic pain warriors as they're known in oh, the community you should wear blue this month as much as possible
2: more excuses for our uh, blue jeans to wear <laughs> there you go Love you.
1: so who wants to talk about what they what they know about pain who knows something about pain
2: i uh <laughs> welcome back guys this is my first pod uh in a while oh, it's Haley. <laughs> um i can talk about my recent experience with uh chronic pain if you go mind. for it mm-hmm. take it away so i didn't have the uh 12 month extensive pain i had the uh, pain that lasted longer than expected. I was rendered for my fourth time, and I definitely uh, have recognized it and lived it firsthand how taxing it is on the body, um, especially uh, how it just affects your daily life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty insane. So um, I was having a lot of uh, pain in my neck, in my shoulder, and down my arm. I think. Y'all were all there when I thought I was having a heart attack because right. I couldn't feel my arm uh, and it turned out to be a pinched nerve. And so there are so many different uh, things that I had to do to really control that and help the inflammation. And uh, throughout the process, I learned a lot of ways to help control chronic pain. Um, and I'll talk about that a little bit.
1: Go for it. So
2: uh, one of the things that I did was go to a chiropractor and um, the chiropractor that I went to specialized uh in soft tissue Mm. versus a regular chiropractor uh manual what is it called like manual manipulation yeah Yeah, like
0: versus adjustment Mm -hmm. um so is that like your first step when you started to feel all those pains you just considered going to a chiropractic chiropractor first or did your like pcp kind of recommend that um, I went to my doctor first and, um, I think after you
2: are rear-ended, that's one of the things to say that they mm-hmm. recommend just because, um, you or your body is when you have whiplash, your body is kind of like thrown into a whack. Um, and so I went to, um, a chiropractor right down the road and, um, instead of doing, you know, the manual manipulation, he really focused on the soft tissue and, uh, it was it was pretty amazing and it was super helpful. So that's something that I would recommend. And then coupled with that, they do physical therapy, so mm-hmm. you learn the right way to um, to really like work out the muscles that yeah. are um, hurt, how to control the inflammation because there's so much inflammation. I think that's where a lot of the pain was actually coming from. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, different supplements to take and mm-hmm. all that. And I think that kind of goes into the next thing that helped was uh supplements because um i was taking a lot of or i've started taking a lot of magnesium and Mm -hmm. uh vitamin d because we all know that's
0: connected oh and yeah do we remember
1: uh turmeric is good as well
0: turmeric Turmeric,
1: it's meant to be good for inflammation and um fish oils
2: fish oils are meant to be
1: really good as well
2: yeah yeah Uh, do we know um how uh, vitamin d and chronic
0: pain cross-react or interact Mm, i could guess is it something with the musculoskeletal system
1: (laughs) i think is it (laughs) dealing so vitamin d is important to a lot of hormones so in order to like clear cortisol and repair soft tissue you need testosterone so is it to do with Vitamin D converts into testosterone
2: yeah remember when we used to talk about the HPA GT axis mm-hmm.
1: way back in the day
2: that's what it is so oh. back to uh, that basically once like your inflammation um, you you know you're kind of thrown off so your body is inflamed it's putting out um, Hormones. If I'm
1: cortisol, cortisol, stress, hormone.
2: stress hormones, um, and as someone who, again, we've talked about this before, is uh, suffers from depression, and anxiety. Mm-hmm. I definitely felt it. So trying to take those, um, you know, those to help my pain, but also kind of to help me not go into a little bit more of a depressive state, uh, yeah. not have my anxiety increase. That was something that I did, and I've definitely seen it help a lot, um, because, uh, they're definitely interactive and I, uh, felt it firsthand. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm uh, doing to get better.
1: Yeah. And so, uh, just feeding off of that, they used to think that, um, that psychological models were actually a predictor of chronic pain of who would experience more, who was more likely to experience chronic pain after trauma. Um, that people who had depression and anxiety, because they knew there was a link, they just weren't sure Mm -hmm. which one was the chicken, which one was the egg kind of deal. Um, But recent research has shown that uh, you may actually have the chronic pain gene, which uh, prevents the uh, binding of cortisol to the glucocorticoid receptors, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um, and basically leads to a buildup of cortisol. So Mm -hmm. you may have, it's uh, the FKBP, Five TG and fk bp5 gg uh genes that lead to increased chronic pain that's
2: very interesting yeah so Maybe when we get into genetic testing that's yeah, that yeah. I can.
1: so now they're, they're starting to think that it's the gene and then chronic pain feeds depression and anxiety because you're anxious that you're going to get
0: more, in pain.
1: more pain and you are depressed that you're in pain yeah
0: so definitely not fun so. yeah it affects your overall well-being for all patients yeah. undergoing so, chronic pain. Exactly. And I would
2: I would encourage anyone who is suffering from chronic pain um, or treating patients that mm. have chronic pain to definitely check. Um, get those blood tests done to see where all the level, levels are mm. at. Because of soul,
3: micronutrients, all that stuff.
2: Yeah. We actually have a whole mm. panel dedicated to chronic pain.
3: Who knows? You might have diabetes. Yeah.
2: But, I mean, I you have eaten a so lot of so Snickers. <laughs>
3: And you know, well,
2: if you're life. if you're
1: in pain, you're not exercising. If you're not exercising, then you're eating Snickers, I guess. Yeah, you're
2: also just uh, eating as uh, I mean, definitely eating to like
1: cope well, with the
2: comfort. pain. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's
2: a comfort eater.
3: Comorbidities, huh?
2: So I recognize yeah. the cycle.
3: That's right. They work together to kill you. That's what that means. So on the, uh, on the subject of it really um, affecting your well-being, uh, there was a study done uh, back in 2006. I know that was 12 years ago, but it was done by the American Academy of Pain Medicine, a study conducted with 303 chronic pain sufferers taking opioids included in that sample. Uh, how it relates to well-being, uh, 51% of that sample felt that they had little to no control over their pain even while they were on opioids. Um, and, uh, 59% uh, did say that it affected their overall enjoyment of life. Uh, 74%, 77%, uh, really you could cluster them both together, but their energy level was diminished by the pain because they felt like they couldn't move around. And what caused uh, the next thing was they were experiencing depression. The 77% were experiencing that. So that's like the the chicken and egg. Uh, once again, you're depressed. You have low energy. Um, your your pain's causing you to have this low energy. You don't move around. You don't get active. You mm-hmm. don't do much. You feel like you're being inhibited by this. Um, and... It, it's just a, a very vicious cycle. Uh, and as it relates to the to the economy, um, 70% said it hurt their concentration. So there's that money that is lost uh, as far as capitalism goes, you know, and, and that lost productivity. Yeah, I mean, and if your kids are in pain, I know chronic
1: pain in, in pediatrics is quite big as well. Then you're having to leave work to take them to the doctor. You're spending money on the doctor. You're spending money on medications. Um, And then that affects your mental state as well, because if your kids are are sick, they're they're in pain, then that's going to make you feel um, pretty bad, I'm sure, as a parent, Mm -hmm. which I'm not.
2: Not to put you on the spot, but I didn't know there was a lot of chronic pain in pediatrics.
1: Yeah, so um, the most common forms are stomach pain and uh, headaches. Uh, And girls are more likely to to suffer chronic pain than boys are uh they think it's to do with just the hormones going around the body at that point in time but um but yeah pediatric chronic pain is 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 pretty common it's more common than people think and a lot of times it's uh misdiagnosed because the people just think the kids are sort of overreacting or yeah
0: yeah like that is one of the four there's four like common types of pain and just like Fergus said stomach is one of them then there's neck Uh, lower back pain. And then one of them is I didn't know about was facial pain. I guess people experience some facial pain. So that's one of the most common ones that can be misdiagnosed or patients um, don't really share that with their providers or they don't even get it checked out. So they're experiencing all these pains. And then headaches, of course, is one of them as well. And they don't get checked up or they don't stick to their treatment plans. And that overall affects a very prolonged period of uh, chronic pain in that patient.
1: You know what phantom pain is?
0: I don't.
1: So where you have a limb amputated, and you can still feel pain oh, in yeah. the amputated
0: That's limb, scary.
1: even though it doesn't exist anymore.
0: Yeah.
1: And they treat it, one way of treating it is you put your completed limb in a mirror box where you oh can see. Oh. It tricks your body into thinking that you have your other arm or yeah. leg or whatever, and, uh, and then that just reinforces uh, your brain to realize that you... Kind yeah, of don't have anything there anymore. That was anymore. like
0: a psychological study. It's a psychological yeah. study.
1: Yeah. Wow. So it's just—it's really interesting how the the nervous system is so linked to uh, mm-hmm.
0: to psychology and stuff. Exactly for having patients feel like they're experiencing those pain or symptoms, and you just don't know. So. But yeah, you know, it's yeah. So
1: uh, virtual reality is meant to be big for that because mm-hmm. previously they literally were just using mirrors. So. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, augmented reality. Mm-hmm. We do holograms. You know, like the Oculus
0: Potentially.
1: Rift. Potentially. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So interesting stuff.
2: That Burned is. And some pain. So what, uh, what do we offer that can help people that are sufferers of chronic pain? Especially
3: so, people
2: who are treating sufferers of chronic pain.
3: So we did mention the blood testing earlier, um, especially talking about the linkages of uh, vitamin D. Uh, to cortisol buildup and also uh, there's underlying diabetes which is typically a very underdiagnosed disease even though a third of america has it roughly roughly i'll check Mm -hmm. my sources
2: and pre-diabetes too yeah yeah yeah, Mm -hmm. i can't forget
3: about that it's
2: like two-thirds of america yeah
3: right right (laughs) um but yeah, another uh, service we offer is uh, medication monitoring, uh, especially at these patients uh, going through this chronic pain, more than likely they're taking some sort of uh, painkiller, whether it's a benzo or it's an opiate, opioid. Uh, it is encouraged for, for patients uh, on these pills to, uh, to, to, to determine if uh, pain symptoms are uh, still being experienced at the proper dosage uh, at the time that this test is taken or if the patient is escalating on their own, or de-escalating their treatment uh, based on if they feel pain, if they don't feel pain, and knowing what's exactly in their system uh, to make sure there's no overdosage or they're taking matters into their own hands. Mm
2: -hmm. I think I would definitely uh, agree with that. Um, We always talk about this. It's like the silo of uh, almost medication, but also the silo of communication that patients uh, have with their doctors. They kind of forget Mm -hmm. that um, you get a medication from one doctor, you need to report that to another doctor. Yeah. So say they're seeing their family medicine doctor and they're getting treated and they're given a medication and then they see their pain management doctor, they're treated, they're mm-hmm. getting, you know, they're given a medication to help with their pain. Uh, they're going to their endocrinologist to help control their diabetes. Mm-hmm. Um, all of these medications work together, um, And I think a patient, sometimes they're in so much pain, they're just taking whatever they can to get rid of the pain. Mm -hmm. So they may not recognize it. So like Alex said, it's making sure that they're taking the medication as Mm -hmm. prescribed and also just making sure that there are no drug-to-drug interactions. Mm -hmm. And um, also... One of the things that a lot of people experience with chronic pain that we sometimes forget is uh, sleep. So,
0: yeah.
2: I mean, it it like that's the thing that it did for me is it like interrupted my sleep so much that I had to be put on um, a sleep medication because I legitimately couldn't sleep and that was making me miserable. Mm-hmm. And so, um,
0: it's all um, linked.
2: It's all it linked. Is. It's all
0: there's linked. a relationship to it all. Yeah, that's
1: right.
2: But um. Yeah, luckily, or well not luckily, I'm like deathly allergic to opioids, so I can't take anything. <laughs> um, so I don't have that really to rely on to control pain. But yeah. um, luckily, I leave ice and some medication to help me sleep them,
0: yeah.
2: uh, has definitely improved uh, the way that I feel. Because especially if you're not only like living a sedentary lifestyle because you want to or not, mm-hmm. um, but you're in pain. You're eating not very well, uh, and then you're not sleeping. You're just causing so much havoc on your body, and I'm sure yeah. your uh, mm-hmm. chronic pain, or just your pain, uh, mm-hmm. is skyrocketing. So yeah. it's a pretty miserable state to be in. So we offer a lot uh, to help patients really climb out of that
1: mm-hmm. slowly but surely. We do. No, we work with a lot of pain pain physicians. We do. Yeah. In the uh, in the state, and uh, they see patients with all kinds of different different pains and yeah and we do we do help them a lot i think uh Mm -hmm. with the blood tests with the urine tests and even allergy tests you know uh allergy causes a lot of inflammation which can lead to uh, to joint pain Mm -hmm. and just contribute to the overall inflammation in the body which is going to contribute to the overall sensation of pain
0: yeah and going back to like medication monitoring uh from one of the studies i think alex found with american Pain Foundation or Society, uh, about 55% of patients are non-compliant with their treatment plans. And you know, that affects uh, patients experiencing pain. You know, they they try to alleviate their pain and it it continues to build up, gets worse, and they're just overall chronically getting worse and worse. Um, And so it's important for providers to be aware, to be communicated with their patients and understand what's going on with their overall health to try to Prevent more pain or to help that situation get better for that specific patient. Um, So, you know, non compliance is out there, and 55% is a a large percentage.
2: I think that, you know, going back to um, sleep. A lot mm. of patients we see it all the time is that uh, they're using opioids uh, to help them sleep because they're yeah. in so much pain and they have like the really high dose mm. uh, opioids and they know that it's gonna like knock them out so they're mm. using that to help themselves sleep which is so bad yeah. um, and it could be combined with something like uh, you know
1: Ambien or
2: uh, ambient mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you know Benzo or even just their regular medication and that's not good that. It's just, uh, never use opioids to help you sleep, but also it just increases the risk of addiction, um, Mm -hmm. because then you're getting to where not only is it helping your pain, but it's helping your sleep as well. Um, we use helping loosely. It is, um, helping you or increasing your sleep. I guess you could say something, helping you sleep, but, um, that's a really quick and easy way to get Mm -hmm. addicted and then patients really, um, become more reliant, uh, they, yeah. Their doctors aren't refilling their prescriptions, they're more, gl- more likely to turn to uh, more desperate, mm-hmm. nefarious ways to help control their pain.
1: Okay, well, uh, I think that wraps us up on chronic pain. Uh, next week we're going to talk about diabetic pain. There's actually four types of diabetic pain, I won't go into that now, but that's uh, a little taster of next week's session. Uh, I learned a lot about chronic pain today. I don't know about you guys. Definitely <laughs> yes, did. Definitely learned a lot. So, okay. Wait, uh, let's wrap
2: it up. What are what all do we have again? Quiz time. What all do we offer at LA Medical Lab to help patients and providers that are either living with chronic pain or treating
1: patients with chronic pain?
2: Name one.
0: testing for chronic pain series. As well.
1: A shoulder to cry on. And a friendly smile. <laughs>
0: it's
1: important to support networks. Medication monitoring.
0: That's
2: right. What's the third, but a very uh, kind of uh, one that flies under the radar a lot.
1: Allergy testing.
2: That's right. Mm-hmm. Because allergy uh, It's
1: all linked. It's all yeah, linked. Yeah, it's
2: all linked. Could be bi directional.
1: That's right. Tri directional. Mm-hmm.
2: So, yeah, just remember that when um, when you're going to see your doctor, there's a lot of ways so you can figure out mm-hmm. how to help get your chronic pain under control.
1: Okay, well, uh, this has been the Lab Lowdown. Thanks for listening, guys, and uh, tune in next week to learn about diabetic neuropathy.
0: Looking forward to it. Signing off. Woo!